Aaron, favorite horror movie? Mm, that that's a tough one. Um, I think some of my first uh, kind of experiences with movies and watching movies came from my dad and uh, you know we, the old like drive-in theaters. And uh, he he was a big horror genre fan, still is to this day. And uh, you know, just last week we were watching these old iterations of like the Alfred Hitchcock Hour. Okay, like the you know very old school, but uh, you know it's you know great to like you know study shots and things. And they're just you know it was black and white. Yeah, you got all the shadows. It's really cool stuff. But uh, I, I think the one that kind of stuck with me the most as a kid that like actually freaked me out a bit at the time was uh, the original uh, It, you know, the Stephen, oh, Stephen King one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not that I was ever scared of clowns, but uh, I don't know. There was just something about that one that like creeped me out. And it's creepy. Like stuck with <laughs> stuck with me. Like, yeah. you know, I, I finally like re went and rewatched it maybe like, you know, in my you know early 20s. And it still kind of had that like feeling because I was remember being so scared of it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. What, what about you? Um. I know that my sister loved horror movies like as a kid, so she would like want to like rent those like all the time. And I never understood it. Like I was like, why would you want to be scared? Like, <laughs> but yeah, she, like what are you gaining from? Yeah, that experience? like what yeah. is this? But um, it, it was really big for her, and so I can remember like kind of seeing them like in the background or like being around them. But I would try to like act all like cool and like and oh, I'd say that they're lame it, it, when I was really yeah, terrified. It was like it was uncool <laughs> to be scared. Yeah, like, I was like, Ugh, I don't wanna. Yeah. yeah, or like you would take a girl to a horror movie because you wanted her to be scared and like yeah, cuddle and up it, next to you. It ends up being me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she rented The Ring. I remember that one resonated with me because it had all these like these like images. You know, they had yeah, the movie that you like, like. If you watched it, you died in like seven days. Or yeah, the original was this like Japanese uh, picture, so it was like yeah, very had a lot of like graphics into it, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty creepy. Yeah, dude, creepy. And the, um, the girl came out of the the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this day, I'm like, oh, like a static on a television is like, oh, like something bad's gonna something's happen. gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't really. I'm I'm not too into to horror movies or getting scared, but the characters are incredible yeah like, i love like the the like the villain like characters because like what you end up finding is that like um it's it's not them that's who's bad like they've just it's their experiences like yeah the situation around them you yeah know, but but like you said like they become so iconic some of these big horror film yeah. villains in our in our culture yeah well our next guest is a huge fan of the genre and he's incorporated many of those aspects into his art First, it starts with self. You have to really filter out the bad noise and bring in the good noise. The universe will bring it back to you, and I'm really a fan of that. What you put in the universe, the universe will definitely bring back to you. All right, listeners, welcome back to the Indie LA podcast. Our next guest we have with us, music artist, entertainer, Dancer Kyle Wonder. Whoa, whoa. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Thanks for being on the podcast with Thank us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we want to get right into it. Um, we know that uh you performed in some talent shows as a kid. How, I have. How'd you get into how'd you get into that? How did music inspire you? Oh man, I mean, well, I guess I'm just like all the other entertainers around my age who started doing it, right? We see Michael Jackson on the screen and we go, I want to be just like him. <laughs> so um <laughs> I definitely when I was about three, four years old. I definitely was a Jackson fan. That's Michael. That's Janet. Definitely. Um, that's Prince. I kind of like loved it. My dad was kind of in the music 
entertainment business, so to speak, doing a VJ and producer of his own talent, which they kind of passed it on to me. So it's just kind of like a little bit of both, right? I see Michael, I want to dance, I want to sing like him, save the world. And I see my dad who, what son doesn't want to be like their dad in the music business. So put that all in a little rumble and boom, there you got Kyle Wonder. That's how he started. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, can can you remember like uh like as a kid performing talent shows like what kind of stuff would you do? Man, um, I remember. Let's see, I remember my first karaoke show. It was in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. I sang Mary J. Blige "Real Love," wow. <laughs> and I remember um, it was in front of my cousin. It was a dare, oh, and nice. I never would have sang in front of anybody ever before. But I was like, you know what? Let me just let me figure this out so i did it and i remember looking straight ahead and seeing my grandmother she was just so excited and i was like wow i can make my grandmother because my grandmother wasn't a nice person sometimes so to see her smile was a really gift of joy so i was just like oh my god i can really see i can do this i can do this so i started with that then i went to elementary school junior high school of course i went to performing arts in junior high school so oh wow okay did a lot of broadway i was in the broadway the acting program as a matter of fact so i done did the king and i I was a munchkin in the whiz. <laughs> um, and then I was Rooster Hannigan and Annie when I was in eighth grade. And their local talent shows, I would dance. Of course, by this time, I didn't really take dance classes. I would just emulate what I see on TV. So any hip hop like Heavy D, Mary J. Blige was one of them. Michael, I would just kind of copy their stuff. I would watch on TV and then I would teach it to other people. Um, eventually into high school, this became a thing. I started doing, hosting my own talent shows, but singing, I kind of kept in the back way only because back in those times, the world wasn't as open as it is now. So that was, I struggled a lot with that. And I figured, well, nobody cares about dancers and what they do behind closed doors and their sexuality, so to speak, if I'm being completely transparent. So I focus straight on dancing, dance, dance, dance. So through high school, dance, and then in undergrad, I dance. I would go to school in the day, pursue my degree, and then at night I would be in rehearsals. I did a lot of my college homecoming um, shows and a lot of other colleges homecoming shows being from New York City because everything is but that that far, right? So I can go next door and go to any college I wanted to. Definitely had experience with that. And then after I graduated undergrad, decided to move to Atlanta from New York City, that's where I'm from, Mm -hmm. to go pursue dance. So I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And this was the time where So So Deaf was kind of it. So Mm -hmm. like it was a hot spot. And this is kind of my starting point, I guess, so to speak. And dancing and dancing and dancing with other artists, you know, you start to get that itch. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. Like, what? I can do this. So I Going back into vocal studio training with my best friend, Reed Bell, who actually wrote one of my, produced one of my songs, Famous. Um, he kind of trained us. And eventually, I, long E. True Hollywood story, but it became four of us, four guys, Alyssa Vice, myself, Sway, AK, and Alex. And we decided to do this pop boy music band thing in Atlanta. And we met this producer, Teddy P., who still works with me now. He's my big brother who produced Maniac, which I know we'll talk about later. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he kind of upgraded our sound because he loved our vibe. He loved what we were discussing, loved what we were talking about. And yeah, like he kind of upgraded us and then told us like, no, this is not the market for you. The kind of music that you guys are doing, pop music, wasn't really selling in Atlanta. And this is when I learned, started to learn the business side of things. So he said, you have three choices, New York, Miami, or L.A. 
at this time, this was 2013. I've never been out here before. Mm-hmm. Never. You know, like East Coast, don't go to the West Coast, West Coast, not East Coast. You know, because I'm from the hood. So like, just that Tupac versus uh, thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I, that kind of influenced <laughs> me, but it didn't, but it really did. But I was like, I'm not going to LA. But I eventually, you know, let me let me test it out because my bandmates wanted to come here. So Miami was out and I was not going back to the snow. Um, <laughs> so came out here. Okay, I can do this. And then two weeks later, which was November 3rd, we moved out here. So November 3rd, this year will be 10 years I lived in L.A. Wow, right, amazing. Full decade. Yeah. And then life happened. Whew, life happened in yeah. L.A. Um, I think a lot of things we weren't ready for or mentally prepared for and eventually the group disbanded and I became a solo act and I've been marching this dream ever since yeah awesome yeah well I, I want to talk about your your experience in um in the art school you said uh when you were in middle school like uh-huh. you went to one of those like how I was went that? to performing arts um it was great I you know I was told that in the education system now a lot of those arts programs are defunded um, and there's just no money for it. But that actually saved my life. Like that that creative outlet, because I didn't have a great childhood. I was bullied a lot. I was picked on a lot because I was small. And I attributed it to my mom's feminine side. So I, it was hard for me. But that kind of kept me off the streets. That kept my mind engaged because I was always on the right side of my brain. I was a creative, like I said, since I seen the moonwalk. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of kept the juices going and flowing. And when you're around that community, it it inspires you to be better and better and better and better and better so it was actually really it was really dope i had amazing teachers um dance drama singing i i remember the the training that went to us when we did these plays like ah man oh man the tears (laughs) imagine being 11 12 years old sing it better you're singing off key Mm -hmm. that was mr wren um (laughs) my drama teacher miss walker she was so dramatic (laughs) She she just was, she was just over the top. But we love that she was over the top. And now, as an adult, I can appreciate how she taught her methods in drum and acting. And it helped me as a performer, as an entertainer. And the dance teacher, she, I was always her little favorite. Because I, I can do it all, right? So she, she would always kind of hold on to me and, and flip on to me. And I would always make her laugh. So, and her name was Mrs. Rosado. I can't believe I remember these names. Because that was <laughs> yeah. so long ago. Oh, my yeah. God. I was... That was I graduated junior high school in 1999. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is back in the 90s. It was, it was so great, but it attributed to who I am to this day right now. So that's yeah, pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, and um, like I know, like having those 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 teachers that um that really had like an impact on you. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that you, you don't appreciate like their teachings until you are an adult. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that I mean that's really special. Like I can relate to that too. Like we had a, a like a a middle school like band director who was like like very strict and like uh-huh. you know had like a lot of rules and you know as a 11 and 12 year old you're like why are you, like chill like why are you like you know so like like this way like so structured and like uh-huh. but now like I've, I've learned to appreciate like that structure is yep. what like kept me focused that's what had me bring my horn uh i play the saxophone nice. had me bring my horn home every day to practice and yeah that's what sort of um, led to all these other avenues like in my career. So. Definitely. And I think, you know, I say, if you do do, if you can't do teach. And I remember my music director, Mr. Wren, he would say, I know I'm hard on you guys, but the reason why I'm so hard on you now is so that you don't make the mistakes I made when I was your age back then. Mm-hmm. And you're not where I am. And as as hardcore as that was, as as sad as that was, that was 
also very inspiring because here's man like I know where I was. I know where I want to be. I know probably this is not where I want to be at this time, but I'm leading another generation to do the things that I couldn't do or handle things I couldn't handle. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you always want to kind of keep the torch going. And I think a lot of these teachers, especially who care about the kids, they want to teach to keep the torch going, keep the torch going and keep it lit, keep it inspiring. So I, I really thank them. They really helped me because I didn't do performing arts in high school. I went to high school for culinary arts, believe it or not. Oh, really? <laughs> but I still, yeah. I can cook, <laughs> That's awesome. but I still kept that performing arts heavy inside of me. And that literally led me, those teachings led me up until adulthood. So, yeah, you know, yeah, those, those people are so important. They very, very important. highly underrated, very underrated. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, when I heard it was, you're defunding these programs, how like art is indefinite. It will always happen. It will always continue. So how many kids are not able to express themselves artistically now? Where are these teachers to do that to these kids so they can know that there is life in the creative world, there is business, there's money in the creative world. Like it's yeah, even, even just to spark interest in something, right? Right. You know, when a kid doesn't find that interest or something that they're exactly that drives them, you know, exactly goes downhill. And if they don't look for inspiration there, you know, they're gonna go to social media. And as we all know, there are certain things on social media that is not so um good to follow. Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. We need that positivity back, I feel like. And I'm I just I wish we bring those those programs back for the kids. I really do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you mentioned um moving to Atlanta and understanding mm-hmm. a little bit more about the music business when you realized that the genre that you wanted to yeah. focus on wasn't the one. Yeah. Um, and then coming from the East Coast to the to the West Coast, you said that the the bandwidth are separate ways. Well, how did you keep your torch lit, like as you put it? Mm-hmm. Like oh. In Atlanta or in LA? Coming to Los Angeles. Oh. <laughs> or, and, and what inspired you, I guess, to stay here and, and do your solo thing here in Los Angeles? So when we moved here, when I moved here, it says four of us. Me and the youngest bandmate, Sway, moved here first. We moved to Long Beach. And um, life was difficult. I was homeless. We were homeless for about three months. So imagine two people staying in one tiny motel room, just trying to figure things out because I guess the the rental rules out here are different than Atlanta. Atlanta, I can look for an apartment on Atlanta, um, promove.com and get an apartment like that. And LA is like, no, deposits, age, you don't have any rental history. And they were just giving us so much flack. And because we look a lot younger than what we are, it just, it was a nightmare. So we had to live first, I, I, which is a life happened. And then my other bandmate moved downtown to LA. And then my last one moved with us. And that's three people in one tiny motel room in Long Beach. On the weekends, I would take the train because I didn't have a car back then all the way North Hollywood. And I had to figure out a way into the industry, right? Because I, I, we don't know nobody out here. This is literally fresh and brand new. And the only way I knew how to connect to the industry was dance. So I would go to Millennium. I would go to IDA. I would go to um, what was this other one on? Um, it's this uh Debbie 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 Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I would go there and I would see what's happening. Like I would look at the CD dance shows and I would report back to the group. Hey, this is what's going on. Then my other bandmate would go. He would he worked for Walt Disney, so he would kind of find what was the events to go to, and that's how we would network and kind of go. And I guess that's what kept the torch lit. That hope to kind of go and then um. Eventually, we got a show. It's just this program called Raw Artists. They gave us the opportunity to perform in Silver Lake. So that was our big show. And we prepared for that. We found a choreographer. And 
that was good. And then things weren't so good. Then bandmates start leaving because LA is a very unique place. Um, it's very who you know. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very superficial. Um, and it's very if you don't if you're not associated with the right clique, you're not taken as serious. Or it, it's just it's a lot mentally, yeah. especially coming from because a lot of my bandmates were from Georgia or from the South. So they're not used to kind of this high speed and this 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 hustle, as I like to say. And you know, I'm from New York, so this is this is just another no, no, version of hustle, right? Like yeah, I yeah. I've seen it all, so I can handle it. Of course, another one of my bandmates is from Philly; he can handle it, but the ones from the South necessarily, uh, no. So it it just became problematic, and it just started going. And then some of us got involved into some narcotics, <laughs> and it just it became toxic. So they couldn't handle the pressure. And, you know, I took it on my own. I went back again to my junior high school teachings and my inspiration from the people I inspired to be. And I never wanted to be a solo artist, never, because I know it was so much being a solo artist. It's so much being a solo artist that does pop music that is Black and that is queer. So I had so many challenges and so many people. And at this time... Tadra Call was really starting to take the percent. This is before Lil Nas X was even thought of. But I remember the flack that he got so much with being Tadric, with being who he is, versus we now he's a, he's a legend, right? And I I was so nervous. Like, I don't want to be compared to that. I don't want people to box me in. I don't want people to shut me out. I just, I just want to heal the world the way I know how to heal the world. I want to inspire people, you know, to get through the storm because the first couple of months out here weren't easy. Mm-hmm. It was very hard and difficult. And you know, that that was my motivation. And then eventually I we left Long Beach. I got to LA and I'd have been all over LA, all the way up to Palmdale, back down to Alhambra, to North Hollywood, Sherman Seven, everywhere here. And, and the music has been the focus. Yeah. You know, so that's where I've been. And I actually went back to school. I went back to school in twenty eighteen because I was hitting a lot of walls in desperation and I knew the business from the streets. I didn't know the business from the books. Sure. So I went to go study music business at Los Angeles College of Music in Pasadena. And I got my degree, of course. And now you can't mess with me because I know the books and I know the streets. So, and I'm an artist. And that's very rare because a lot of us artists, we we focus so much on the creative side, which is the right side. We never go to the left because we. this is what we pay people for, right? Management and, yeah. and labels and stuff. But no, as years go by, you start this, to realize- side, they almost don't want you to- Right, they don't. You right, know, they, they know want about, you to kind so of be ignorant kind of, to it, right? Yeah. Because that's how they make money off of you, right? Mm-hmm. Why? You should know this. Let, let me do this for you and charge you for this. When, no, this is your business. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. I am- I am my label. I am the face of my label. So just like they run Coca-Cola, just like they run craft products, just like they run Eminem and Mars, they have to run Kyle the brand. So mm-hmm. it taught me how to really look at myself as an independent label source. And that's where I am. So yeah. Well, well let's let's dive into the brand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to know? Talk well, talk to us about the the house of Kyle. The house of Kyle. Those are my dancers. Um so in queer culture, especially in the black and brown community, as we can see with the recent show of success of Pose, we have houses, right? This is because back when, back in old times, a lot of us well, that was coming out, again, the world didn't accept us, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us were homeless in the street, um, especially I know New York City. A lot of us lived in the village, lived kind of anywhere on park benches to go because we were shunned up by our families because of the sexuality that we 
that we have inside of us because of who we were. And these houses was formed to create safe spaces for people, black and brown queer communities spaces. And um, eventually the houses, they will go and they will compete in these, in these balls, ballrooms. And I, I'm so happy that I was around. I caught the tail end of it, mm-hmm. but I've seen so many balls in my life like yeah ball like ball yes definitely i've I've seen them in person so when the show pose came on i was like wow i remember when i would go to harlem and i would watch a ball i remember when i would see the house of ebony the house of balenciaga the house of a lot of houses and 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 i like that was so inspiring because not only they perform and, and they they make their profit money doing so but when you hang out with them, they are definitely a house, like a house mother, a house father, and house children. They act like siblings, and this is their external family. So I kind of want to take that concept and bring it in for my dancers, um, because just like me, they are artists, they are creative, and they, they deserve some of the spotlight, like I'm getting, because they are working just as hard, if not harder, than me. So we treat it like a family, and you can kind of feel that whenever you see us perform. It's, it's so great. Um, so that's where the House of Kyle came from. So it's never just, oh, Kyle's dancers. No, they're brand. They're the house of Kyle. So, yes. Yeah. And I'm the house father. We have beats. Oh, Shout awesome. out to PBS for making our beats for us. She definitely did. So, yeah, it's a hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like watching a lot, a lot of your work because uh, it is such a performance. You it know, you, you are very much an entertainer, not just a, <laughs> a singer. You know, you have the dancers, you have I the do. show, the choreography. You know, it's a whole production. And the message. Don't forget the the message. message. Yes. I'm always going to be around to uplift you. I'm always going to be around to give you confidence. I'm always going to tell you that you matter because right now we are in very dangerous, dark times, especially with the emergence of the Internet and then the emergence of social media. There's so much social comparison going on and so many people who are feeling low because they're watching the highlight of other people's lives and they're internalizing. It says like, well, I wish I was that. I wish I was this. And. You know, we, we can't do that. So I'm here to remind you that you are a special piece. You are a gem. And I'm going to give you that attitude. I'm going to give you that confidence. And I'm going to give you, you're going to walk out of my show feeling very inspired to be who you are and not being apologetic about it at all. On top of the dancing, on top of the singing. Yeah. But that's the message. Yes. Feel good about yourself. I'm here to uplift you. Definitely. That's yep. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that uh, Michael Jackson is one of your, your influences. Yes. Um, who uh who other than him? I mean, I can't think of somebody who was like bigger on like the group choreography. Like yeah. I know that there was dance choreography before, um, but aside from Michael, when it comes to dance or when it comes to singing, because they're one and the same. We have entertainers, but we have people that are strictly left and we have people that are strictly Sure. Let's talk about dancing. Right, dancing wise. Mm-hmm. I like Chris Brown a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think his talent is is immaculate. And I hate that he gets so much ridicule because of his mistakes. He's human, just like the rest of us, right? And I'm not justifying what he does because wrong is wrong and right is right, but you can't take away the man's talent. You can't take away the fact that this man is over six feet tall and can backflip in a heartbeat and stand there. When he was younger, coming out hungry, he was. I think he's awesome. I think Ciara is amazing as a performer, as an entertainer. Um, kind of sad that she took the route to be, you know, Russell's wife and, and be domesticated but she still kind of does her own thing and she's bad mm-hmm. she just so bad and I think the person who was the closest to our time I, you know I, I love Miss Carter Miss she, she's Beyonce like yeah. she can she can give it to you and I what I love about her especially in current times is she went back to the black and brown queer community and used that as a source for her next project and 
definitely when you went to go see it, because I went to the Renaissance World, so I went to it in Atlanta. You can feel that sense of community, that house feeling when we was there. And I think that though no artist would ever think to do what she's done. And I think she's just so incredible. And I think under her would be Janelle Monae. Mm, just okay. incredible. Just a whole show, not just the music, not just the dancing. I'm just going to do a one-two step. No, I'm giving you an experience. I'm going to give you everything of my soul. And I think they kind of, all of those artists mentioned kind of embody that. Yeah. So I use that as inspiration. Like, yeah, I can step on those lines too, and I'm going to do what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of them are also very much entrepreneurs yes. as well. Yes. So that, you know. Yes. It's all about the brand. It's, yeah. it's, that's what we are now. It's not just about music anymore. It's, it's music. It's your personality. It's your message. It's the clothing you sell. It's what you say. It's where you go. It's what you do. It's, you are literally, like I said, you're a walking Coca-Cola can. <laughs> so well i know you talked about kind of the dark side of social media a little bit and how <sighs> how negative and draining that can be sometimes how do you how do you manage i guess then the positive the flip side of that with trying to promote a brand and all these different things in the show well i think you have to really first it starts with self you have to really filter out the bad noise mm -hmm. and bring in the good noise and then if you're an advocate for good noise and you're able to push good noise, you push the good noise with the good noise. So you can get greater noise back. So, you know, with the trolls, as they would say, just, you know, everybody can say what they want on the Internet. But, you know, they don't know you. You don't know them. Some people are just doing it just because they're they're unhappy in their lives or they haven't healed properly. And they're just so frustrated that they can't be where you are. So they have to attack you. And they and they and they can't understand what or how you are becoming this phenomenon that you are. So they, they try to bring you down. And you, once you realize that, you start not to take things personal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you realize also that on social media, nobody ever tells you the bad parts about their story. They sure. only highlight the good parts, right? They only tell you, oh, yeah, I've been to Visa. Yeah, I've been to... I don't know. You're looking at Greece, their, right? the, You're their looking best at the, life. Their, their best, best days, life. You know? So, yeah, I've been to Greece, but I'm not going to tell you for that trip to Greece, I had to starve for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I've been to, I don't know, Jamaica, but I'm not going to tell you I had to work 17 doubles to get that trip to Jamaica. Yeah, you see me performing at, as Kaya Wonder. You see me performing and being happy and successful, but you don't see the dark days. You don't see when I'm in self-doubt. You don't see when my, my mental illness is at it's peak. I don't show that side. Well, sometimes I do because I'm just very transparent. And, you know, sometimes you just, I'm just an honest person. So I just, whatever I feel in my spirit, I'm going to post. But I'm always going to flip it and make it motivational. But I'm still not going to show you the dark sides when it's hard to get out of bed. I'm not going to tell everybody, you know, about us being homeless in Long Beach and when we first started and where a lot of source of this music comes from or a lot of no's that get slammed in my face or shut, you know, just a lot of those things or I'm not going to tell you my adversity. I'm always going to tell you my, I guess, my triumphs, my accomplishments. So once that realization comes, you start to look at social media differently. Okay, well, oh, that's great. I don't know the story there is to get there, so I can't put my life to theirs, but I'm happy for them. Oh, that's great. They're doing this. They're doing that. Oh, maybe I can use that as inspiration. Maybe I can get there too. Oh, that's great. Well, my time will come. And I feel like once you really start to do that and push that, I don't know how Instagram knows this is the algorithm, but you start getting messages yeah. <laughs> that all, that goes on your feed that kind of attributes to this, this 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 mindset that you have and it keeps you kind of going and going. And then sometimes you have to learn when to log off. 
mm-hmm. and shut it out and enjoy life as opposed to just posting about it. So yeah, that's how I kind of conquer that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's kind of like you put that good energy out into the universe yep. and, uh, you It'll, know, that mindset out and it attracts, you know, those types of It'll people. come back. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The universe will bring it back to you. And I'm really a fan of that. What you put in the universe, the universe will definitely bring back to you. It may take longer than some, right? Because karma can be good. Karma can be bad. Yes, the karma, the bad karma comes a little bit faster than the good one, but the good karma comes and it goes. So, Well, every, everything you went through coming out here, the band breaking up, all those things, was there kind of one one thought or one idea or one goal that you feel like really helped you keep keep to push keep pushing forward and and to get to where you are now i wanted to be to somebody what michael janet was to me growing up again anxiety depression mental illness is is at its peak right Mm -hmm. especially the bad parts of it and i know that there's a little kid somewhere in the world who is probably bullied because of his truth because he or she or they what they are, how they are. There's still a lot of fights to accomplish and, and, and a lot of fights to fight. And I want to be that source of inspiration for that individual. Like my people were a source of information for me because it literally saved my life. So I want to be able to have the person, if they ever self-doubt themselves or ever think about hurting or harming themselves, wait, look at Kyle, look what he's been through. I can push on, I can move forward. I can continue on. If he can do it, then I can do it. Just like I said, if they can do it, I can do it. So that has been the the diehard source of inspiration in my spirit. That's been my testimony to really reach out and touch that person's heart and make them live on a day and let them know that they are valued. And even in my darkest moments, my darkest times, I think about that one kid. I go back to myself as being yeah. a little kid and I think about that one kid and not hold on. Well, let's talk about your uh, your project Maniac and how that yeah. what inspired that project. How one year anniversary, right? the one year anniversary of Maniac. So, I have a songwriting team, Emily and Alex. Shout out to those two. That song actually was a joke. I when we I, I had the lyrics already written. Um, the source of the inspiration for those lyrics, as you guys know, I'm a horror fanatic. My favorite favorite movie anthology of all time is Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. So I'm a Freddy Krueger fanatic. Robert mm-hmm. England is, I would probably pass out if I was to ever meet him in person, right? So I wrote that song based off of me attempting to be him because, you know, in, in the movie, he's the son of a thousand maniacs. Maniac. So if you listen to the lyrics, it's literally me becoming Freddy Krueger. And my co songwriter, Emily, was like, well, no, let's kind of put. A, a little innuendo in here and let's make it kind of sexual. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. So we we finessed it and did it and we wanted it to be an EDM song. So I took this this song after I got it. Okay, well, we did a demo for it. You know, I'm not too mad at this song. Let's go to the lab. So fly to Atlanta. Here goes Teddy. Teddy, here's the song, Maniac. Okay, what's the song about? It's It's about... Me telling the person or or the author is telling this person, I'm about to give it to you like nobody's business in this bedroom, like I'm a maniac. And he's looking, he's but the lyrics, I said, yes, the lyrics looks like something, but this is the innuendo behind it. He was like, okay, well, what do you have? He's like, I want it to be kind of dark. I want it to be kind of EDM. He said, okay, pop, no. What do you mean, no? I think we should make this a rock EDM song. Uh, <laughs> rock 
EDM, rock, EDM. Okay, sure. So again, I've known Teddy for like like 12, 13 years. So whenever this producer tells me, do it, I, oh, okay, do it. So he builds this, he produces this beat right in front of your face. Everything from scratches. And when I heard the final layout, wow, this is so incredible. And the finishing touches um, of that song, we needed a guitar. There was no guitar in it. it. Everything was great, but just no guitar. And going to music school, Los Angeles College of Music, and having my co-songwriter Alex was in a band at Society Homeless, his guitar player, Sebastian, can rip. So call Sebastian. Sebastian, I need you on this record. Sebastian killed it, as mm -hmm. you hear. And wow, boom, Maniac sounds great. This is great. This is great. This is an odd to Halloween. Okay, how do you put this out? So later on, music video comes. It's October. I want to do a music video. What do you do? Well, I can't do Freddy Krueger because I'm not walking around L.A. in this hot red sweater. So yeah. that's not happening. <laughs> so what do you love the most about, aside from Freddy Krueger, Kyle, what else fancies you? I love vampires. Mm -hmm. Vampires are very passionate, very intimate. And I, I, I love the whole WB series, or CW, sorry. The CW series, when they introduce different factions. So you got vampires, werewolves, hybrids. And I wanted to, and witches. And I wanted to include all of that in this vision. And that's how the storyline kind of started. And I think when I sent this to the creative director of the video, <clears throat> Endo, shout out to Endo Hayes, that's, which is, she said, okay, I have the perfect thing. How about we make this like they did in the movie, what's this movie? From Dust Till Dawn. Mm -hmm. So here we go, a bunch, a stranger walks into this place and he's looking for a particular person, not realizing that you're walking into a vampire <laughs> coming. And you got all these, these people that are here looking to see Kyle Wonder perform. But here goes this individual coming in to look specifically for me. And here I go, performing, performing, performing until the strike of midnight. And one of the waiters closes the door, they flip become vampires and they eat the people that are there and lovely as it is it's always a behind message on every music project video that i do this one was be careful how you treat people because they may treat you back so if you look in the video a lot of these 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 patrons are treating their servers like crap like mm -hmm. they're completely like just move out my way disregarding them devaluing them and you know in real life a lot of that happens right we we look at waiters or servers as second best, right? Oh, you're yeah, you serving me. Take them for me, granted. Right, you just take them for granted. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you're going to take us for granted. Now we're going to eat you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the whole kind of purpose of that and point of that. And I think the beauty of that storyline is me and Sebastian. Sebastian is the guy who um, is looking for me with the long curly hair. I'm sure if you've seen the music video, he's actually the person who does the guitar on the, on the play, right? And I think nobody saw it coming that he was a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. And as we know in history, the only thing that can kill a vampire is a werewolf bite. So we kind of kind of fix that and go in there and work with that story. And then the sheriff is in the video, right? So you would expect the sheriff to kind of help, but it's always the sheriff's town. And I kind of want to stick to that old Western theory, like this is my town, my town, my town, and use her. And somebody asked me, why is her eyes, out of everybody in the storyline, her eyes are the only eyes that are green. And she's a hybrid. She's a werewolf and a vampire. And you know you can't kill them. So she's a sheriff for a reason. So while I'm siring everybody, she sires me. And I think that that was such an ideal, great storyline. And it was just fun to do, fun to create. That was the first fight scene that I had. Um, 
okay. I was great choreography there and it was just it was a really fun experience I, I love that music video that was probably my most favorite one to date cool yeah Orange skies take over the day Sinister looks my way Been in the dark for so long Your hunger is what I crave Touch your sanity gone 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 I personally love the video and I, <laughs> I love Vampire. I mean, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my yeah. favorite show growing up. My whole family watched it together. Yes. But I guess there's something about vampires too that are kind of a little bit mysterious, a little bit sexual, you know, which kind of fits. And go back to the message of the, the ending window of the song. Yep. Yeah. That's and, exactly and, why I did that. And watching the video reminded me, I don't, I don't know about you, but growing up, like we used to always watch like the top 10 music videos uh -huh. and stuff. And I feel like music videos before used to be like, Almost like short little short, short films. films. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a story. There was like yeah. a, it was set a it set a tone. Um, yep. I was thinking about even to go back to Michael Jackson, like if you watch the thriller music video. Yep. You know, it's it's very much a, a story, like him and his girl coming out of the movies. They just saw a horror film. Yep. Like, oh, what did you think? Was it did it scare you? And then all of a sudden like everyone's a zombie. Doom doom. Yep. And she's, you know, running into the house. <laughs> You know, and but it's and then he, it, you know, it cuts to like him, him waking her up like, oh, it's time to go home. Uh -huh. Like it was all this like nightmare dream that she had from yep. seeing the movie. Like there's a whole story involved. And it, it reminded me so much of, of that. You. So I, I really enjoyed it. Definitely a source of inspiration. You know, Every, anything Michael does to me, he's just like he's just my golden Midas. Everything he does is just like blueprint and study and observe. But yes, definitely a storyline. Definitely wanted to feel that way and give it a, a tribute to past music videos, past projects, because mm -hmm. nobody does storylines anymore. It's just like, uh, look at me, look at me, look it's at like, me. It's like, yeah, it's me, here, me sing, lip syncing my song. Right. This location, right. to, you know, another pretty location. Right. And how boring is that? Yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. No, I don't, definitely want to do that. I want you to watch the video. I want you to scratch your head to figure out what's going on, because that's going to make you go back and watch the video again to see what you missed. And I'm pretty sure the people that's listening to here had probably no idea that the sheriff was a hybrid, had no idea that the guy was a werewolf, even though it kind of shows. So they're going to go back and watch it, which helps me out because that gives me more views. <laughs> so sure. everything is strategically done. And even, even if you turn down the volume. Yeah. And just watch the video. Yeah. It's, it's a story happening. <laughs> it so, definitely yeah. is. Yeah. I really it enjoyed it. Definitely fun. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, that's, that's my jig. I love that. That's my thriller. Yep. That's <laughs> my thriller. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of thriller, uh, a couple of years back, I dressed as um, Michael in the opening scene of that. I had the Did Letterman you? jacket, oh, yeah, nice. with the the red and the gold sleeves, and I had the I had to buy a separate M and I stitched it on there. Oh. And I mean, he's just wearing like basic. He just has a flannel underneath yeah. and like jeans and like, dude, nobody got it. No, like really? a couple, a couple of like the, the the older guests at the party, like they were like, "Oh, are, are you Michael Jackson from Thriller?" And I was like, "Yeah." I didn't have like the werewolf uh, uh -huh. thing. But um, I, I do I do remember having like uh like contacts because for like a quick second he uh -huh. has like the yellow eyes like, mm -hmm. um, but they like were like burning my eyes. I know I didn't end up wearing them. But but do, do you have like a, a favorite like I costume? got one for you? Yeah. So I actually went 
when he turned into zombie form. It was 2014 for Halloween. The I red wore, leather and everything. Yeah, I wore yeah. the. It was. A, it was. I had the pants. Yeah. I had the the jacket. It's, it was a cutoff like jacket because it's leather. I'm not wearing leather in LA. It's right. too hot. Yeah. But I literally. It took me four hours to put the makeup all over my body. I blackened everything oh, out. Yeah. And I scared a lot of little kids. <laughs> um. A lot of people got it. So they they didn't was like, well, I'm confused. But I walked down Hollywood Boulevard like that and. I'll show you. They was looking at me. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was probably my favorite um, uh, Halloween costume when I did Michael Jackson's Thriller, the, yeah. the demon side when he did the dun dun. Yeah, 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 that part. Like I went all out. Like all out was so much fun. You'll see. You're gonna look at me like whoa. And to take that off, yeah. <laughs> I had to clean my shower right after that because it was just <laughs> green and everywhere. black. Just yeah, stains everywhere. Just yeah. Oh god, it was so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I had a scenario for you. Um, uh, a few weeks back, a friend of mine like showed me this. Uh, showed me this meme with the caption: "One artist uh, from these four, you had to." get rid of like you can't listen to their artists anymore like uh -oh. who is it gonna be i know it's tough i'm, oh, I'm gonna change it up a little bit for boy. you because i'm hearing your influences but okay. um so the four photos michael jackson prince beyonce and whitney houston yours i'm gonna change i'm gonna change okay. because just because I, I feel like uh he's <laughs> been like a, a more influential for you but instead of whitney let's do chris brown somebody you gotta pick you gotta pick so one. out of all four so say the four again Michael Jackson. Michael. Prince. Prince. Beyonce. Beyonce. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. This is totally... You can't, can't hear their music like, anymore. This is like you got to marry one. You <laughs> yeah. <hear> one. <laughs> no, just, just their music. Just their music. It's, it's done. You can't hear it. It's wiped from the face of the earth. <sighs> Breezy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know I just gave you praise, but Chris, you got to go. <laughs> yeah. if, if it's Prince, I can't. I I, I can't. I, I, I That's Prince. I, I just... My whole style is from that man, so I, I I can't. You already know Michael ain't going nowhere, and unfortunately, I can recite every one of the single Beyonce songs from start to finish. So, <laughs> um, that's my cousin. That that's my cousin, cousin. That's why I call her. She's my cousin. Um, Prince is my father. That's when he had a relationship with Janet, cause Janet can't sleep with Michael and has to be a little weird. So that's Prince is my my creative daddy. Michael is my creative godfather. So you can't take him anywhere. Yeah, Chris. You're my friend, but you gotta go. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I love you. I I do, but I I do, but friend, we gotta go. Well, uh, what are you working on recently? So this year we've been focusing a lot on performance. My team and I going to shows. We put I have nine music videos out, a full album, and four singles. That's a lot. Oh, so. Yeah. It kind of took a, a step break. And you got, you're back. doing like choreography. Yeah, and choreography, dance breaks, and, dance breaks and those videos are not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so we took a, a step back and we said the year 2023, now that everything is kind of open back up, COVID is, is still around, but COVID is is not the frontal and the world is, is back. So what we almost remember it to be, get out there and get fans the old-fashioned way. So I've been focusing on performance this performances this this year and i can say this year alone i've had more performances in my entire career as an entertainer and that goes back to dancing choreography group artists into a solo act i've performed at more shows this year than any so that's when i say when you put it out there the universe will bring it back to you mm -hmm. so the universe has been really really kind to me 
and it's it's still going and flowing because I've been hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And this is this is not like three, four minute shows. This is like 15, 20, 30 minute shows. I I did the Sherberry Festival in Santa Maria back in April. Mm-hmm. I had three sets, 30 minutes each, three times a day. It was Whoa. tough. Yeah. Outdoor. And Santa Maria is a little colder than LA. So the last show, it rained. It was very airy outside, but we still, we put on one hell of a show. So, and every show has opened a door to another, that's opened a door to another, that's opened a door to another. So mm-hmm. I've been, I've been performing everywhere. So yeah. hopefully I can bring more to LA. I'm, you know, a lot of doors have been slammed in my face out here, but it's okay. I'm, they'll catch up. The universe will open the doors for me. Oh, matter of fact, no, the universe gave me a Lowe's credit card. So I go to Lowe's and I build my own damn door and I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> bring it there so well, speaking of opening uh doors how, how do you like as an artist know like which door to walk through because i'm sure like there's a lot of opportunities like how do you pick which path like best like serves your interests um well that's a great question um first i guess the left side of my brain okay is this your target audience will they receive your message very well look at the people around you are they intrigued will they be intrigued will they be offended will they be uncomfortable if the answer is no or a negative answer, then I respectfully have to decline and pass. If the answer is a slight yes, then absolutely I will go. Instinct is very important to me. I feel like that's the way kind of God communicates with me. So God will tell me when to say yes, and he'll tell me when to no. Okay, here we go. You got a show here. The prophet may not be great, but the exposure is amazing. Yes. Here you go. The prophet is great, but the exposure is just not for you. No. Those are people that are not going to follow me. That's not my tribe, right? So why why waste their time, right? Then, okay, here's your here's the profit. Here's the exposure. Yes, 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 yes. So it, it, I, I internalize it. I have a group discussion about it with my business manager. Shout out to Ghost, who happens to be my dad. Um, we have a conversation about it. He gives me the real deal. Okay, this is what you got. I would say yes, but you do what you want. This is your business. This is your company. I'm just here to help you out. This is a yes. This is a no. Okay, we'll go. Talk to my assistant creative director. Shout out to French. That's his house name with Felix. Let's, um, yes, no, yes, no. So I go kind of go through that ordeal with that. My spirit, and I ask my resources outside of my company, then I go forward. Okay. But most of, most of the things I will say have been pretty good. I think the universe has been protecting me really well. Um, so that I have there have not been a lot of no's because it, they've been really legitimate and authentic. And, you know, I I I just treat it as such. It sounds like you surround yourself with people that you trust too to help you kind of go through that list in a logical way to. to check the boxes, you know, yes. as opposed to just, you know, going with the emotions. A support yeah, system. I think part of the as an artist, you have to really especially now you have to authentically know your brand and who you are because if you don't and if there's slight hesitation or slight doubt people out there will try to tell you who you are and there's only so much charades that can go on and i think some of these artists that are out here are some are authentically who they are some are who people want them to be and eventually you can't lie forever it'll catch up to you so a lot of these people burn out or they just kind of go dead right because they're following the trend as opposed to establishing their own identity and who they are and i think 
my influencer has been authentically who they were, even when the whole world didn't see them for who they were. They've been authentically who they were. So I kind of carry that. And when you authentically yourself and you know who you are and you know your brand, the people that bring that come to you will know your brand, respect your brand, and they're able to help push the message of your brand and authenticate your brand more. They know you in that. And I think that is very, very, very important. Yeah. So I stick to that. And I, I go to my house. I go to my label, carry the brand, and I have that. So definitely. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, where can everybody um, see your stuff? Hear your music? Yeah. See your performances? <laughs> What's coming next? Yeah, Slapping Unicorn. Okay, so um, I have a website, kyrathebrand.com. I think that's very essential for artists at a website. But just in case, you can follow me at all social media platforms. I am most active on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is my baby. So that's at K-A-O underscore W-O-N-D-E-R. You can definitely follow me there. And in my bio, you'll see my website. <laughs> you'll see my YouTube page. You'll see Indian. Then you'll see what I have going on activity-wise. Um, same thing with Facebook, K-A-O underscore W-O-N-D-E-R. Same thing for Twitter. I'm sorry, it's called X now. <laughs> K-A-O <laughs> underscore W-O-N-D-E-R. Same thing for threads. Same thing for TikTok. You can follow me everywhere there. Um, send me a DM. Love you. Subscribe to my mailing list because we send some goodies. Um, definitely. I, I like to do a lot of playlists. So I think coming out, the holiday season is coming up. And I know for us suffering with mental illness, loneliness and depression kind of peaks during quarter four. So I'm going to, I'm creating this playlist to kind of ease the mind and spirit. And again, keep the love inside of you so it doesn't go away because suicide really affects me internally a lot and I, I i can do as much as i can to prevent it so that's my goal for my fans and for the people who love me and it's not a lot but it's much you know it's a little token of good and i also have merchandise so you can get oh. a t-shirt with my logo on it or the house logo on it because everybody loves the house of kayo it's this diamond that everybody just cannot get enough of yeah. i have a whole hat i have like this this kayo one in fancy font so cool. And everybody's like, oh, that's cute. But who is this House of Coyote thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody kind of loved that. So you can definitely get a House of Coyote t-shirt, backpack, phone clip, phone case, anything you name on my website as well. So Awesome. Yes. Right. Yeah, we can't wait to hear the playlist that you're building. And <laughs> yeah. It's fun. See some shows. It's that's very cool. emotional. And the shows, yeah, man. And I really love the production on any shows that I do because I always think outside the box. Oh, and I always pay homage to my community, whether it be queer community, whether it be black and brown community, I always pay homage to that. So you just, it's a party. It's, it's just a party. I think that's what they told me in Santa Barbara Pride. You are always a party starter. You you are the life of the party and we're just so happy to know you. Makes my heart kind of flush. So, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. But definitely. Keep but doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate it. more to come. <laughs> oh yeah. Kyle, thanks so much for being on the episode. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Pleasure having you.